Accomplishment Coaching is proud to present the following fine programming. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. AccomplishmentCoaching.com. Welcome to The Coaching Show with your host, Master Certified Coach, Christopher McCollum. Thank you, Dick Warren. The voice of Dick Warren welcomes us every time, and we honor that gentleman for all of his contributions. Uh, thank you, dear listener and viewer. Today we have a camera so we can prove that we were here. Uh, my name is Christopher McAuliffe. I am a Master Certified Coach and a, the host of this podcast, but just for the last 17 years, so we're not quite certain <laughs> about it. Uh, to my left and your right is Alex Terranova, the in-studio, we keep calling you a guest co-host, but I guess you keep calling me. <laughs> I just keep showing up at this point. Yeah. At this point, we're going to call you a volunteer. No, uh, at this point, we're going to call you the co-host. Uh, Alex, you are you hold any kind of credential? What? Who are you? I have an ACC. I have a bustling practice. Um, I'm an author. I host the Dream Mason podcast. Yes, and you can find that at thedreammason.com, along with all of Alex's great uh, coaching work and other work. Uh, if only we had a copy of your book here. If only we had a copy we have, we have. that we could I mean, show people. I carry them around in my pocket. Mm -hmm. uh, fictional authenticity, available wherever fine books are uh, sold, especially if you think that's Amazon. All right. <laughs> Thank you very much for being here with us. And uh, your job is to sort of present the, the younger, newer coach perspective. And um, uh, any other jobs? Here? I mean, I like to, I think of myself as learning here. Like this is an opportunity. Like I feel like I get to be the, you know, the, the young, less experienced person in every conversation, just kind of picking everybody's minds and asking questions. It's like when you're the listener of the podcast and you're like, oh, this is what I would love to be asking. Mm -hmm. So. Well, I'm grateful that you're here. Thanks so much for being here. And speaking of gratitude, uh, we are in the presence of greatness. I know that, um, my behavior may not reflect that, but I want you to know that I know that you are a great man. This is Dr. Gerald Jellison. Doctor, it's a problem with enunciation now, we've discovered. Mm. Dr. Gerald Jellison. Very nice. Thank you. <laughs> a PhD, a full press professor of social psychologist. Uh, so, so, wow. I might need you to do the whole interview I'm, today. I'm, I'm, I'm nervous. I'm starstruck. Yeah. I am. A uh, full <laughs> professor of social psychology at the University, stay with me people, of Southern California in Los Angeles. He's truly one of the world's uh, foremost premier social psychologists. You've done a lot of um, cutting edge work in the field of social psychology. Your career took an interesting turn because you are also currently the chairman of the board of the USC Credit Union. This does not seem like something that requires a PhD and <laughs> 20 or 30 years of social psychology. Can we talk about that particular turn in your career before we get to the main topic today? Sure. I, uh, hello, everybody. I go by Jerry. The, uh, once I got established in my career, you know, I was publisher parish and I published, so I was okay. And I decided I wanted to do some sort of community uh, contribution and... I happened to be in the credit union that was just starting up, and the woman behind the counter said, would you like to be on the board? And I thought, sure. <laughs> I mean, I don't know anything. They had low standards. And uh, so I got I got on it, and then through a very, very strange ser uh, series of events, within a year, I was the president of this thing. It was real turmoil, and I had to take over and, and really run it, and I didn't know anything, and so I got really got involved. Uh, but one of the benefits of that, we had two and a half employees back then. We had two million in, asset, in assets. Um, we were open what was called uh, banker's hours, which was we were open from 10 to 12 and from 1 to 3. And we, were, we had a great location right in the middle of campus, right next to the student union, and um, guess guess when uh, our members wanted to come and see us? Before <laughs> ten. <laughs> After three. they wanted to go. They wanted to come at lunchtime because they ate right beside us. Oh, nice. And so it was obvious what needed to happen. We had to sequence the people so that we could have somebody there at, at lunch. And that meant I had to get. Um, her name was Ethel Brown, one of the great teachers in my life. Because um, I took her about a half a dozen times over to the student union to have have a little chat. Let's just have a little chat. <laughs> and after uh, the sixth uh, trip to the student union, I discovered that it didn't matter how much coffee I pour into Ethel, <laughs> how much I talk to Ethel, I was not going to persuade her to give up that to to learn how to 
operate a teller station. <laughs> so that's what set me down both paths of, I knew that the thing that I did research on, which was interpersonal influence, mostly how do you persuade people to do things, uh, just really wasn't very effective with many people. And so I needed to come up with another way to influence people. And so that's what led me down the trail to uh, being interested in uh, helping people who are resistant to change. So, And that's a big word for me, or big category for me. It's everything from the people who uh, are saying, it's a ridiculous idea, another one of your crazy ideas, Christopher. I mean, <laughs> don't we tried this before, it didn't work then. I mean, there are people right. who are really vehement, down to people who are, you know, they're, they're doing that. They're, they're nodding, they're, they're nodding their head, uh, maybe even give you a uh-huh, but... When you walk away, what are they going to do? <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Um, oh, that's like my girlfriend. I'm just kidding. She doesn't do that. Yeah, your former girlfriend. So at any, so at any rate, that's what I mean by resistance. And so I ended up developing a, a unique approach to, to influence people to uh, help them change. Also, a, a very well-published author, we should point to that you've written Overcoming Resistance, published by Simon I should just stop talking today, and Schuster and was a Fortune Book Club selection, named a top business book of the year. You've also written Managing the Dynamics of Change uh, through McGraw-Hill and Life After Grad School back in 2010 at the Oxford University Press. Um, you've got clients, a client list that would impress anyone, including everyone from healthcare systems to major car companies to manufacturers to service-based organizations. Um, You've said a few things. You said that part of your career was an interpersonal influence. Uh, I know you to be an expert in the field of change management. And, and what you brought to us today is resistance, specifically overcoming other people's resistance. And you sort of articulated some familiar types of resistance, right? There's the open rebellion. There's the covert uh, mm -hmm. FU. And um, the sort. Are, is there some place in the middle where people just sort of go along and don't care or the apathetic? Yeah, they're, they're, those people are in the middle. There are also people who are, they're really just ambivalent about it. It's like, no, 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 well, I guess maybe. Uh, there, there's usually a lot of, of people like that, and they'll do what you're doing there. They'll give you the head nods. <laughs> I feel found out. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the thing that I'm trying to get to is in my experience of you speaking and, and reading you, one of the most important things that you bring to us is a framework for change management. So if we could start there, when any organization, group, individual even, is trying to change, is there a common thing that we're doing wrong? Is there a common misstep? Uh, typically there is. Let, let me just clarify one thing, Christopher, and that is that my specialty is on the implementation of change. So it's change management, but I'm down down at, at ground level. Mm -hmm. uh, this is how do you help people change? That's that's my goal. So it's it's the focus is on, I mean, to me, change ultimately comes down to getting people to do things differently. And I just want to help help them get there to that to that place. So it's not big strategic things, it's it's action. That's that's what it's all about. Uh, and yes, I, I, um, I have developed a model of the change process because if, if you're going to help other people, you need to, what's going on to them or what's for them when they're going through a change. And so I just microscopically analyze what's happening during one change. And if you can picture that as a, as a graph um, – and with a on the ordinate, you have net performance. Again, I'm going to emphasize net for you. I'll come back and pick that up over time. So it's just how do people behave over time? And typically, we're we're whether it's an organization or it's a person, you're stuck. You know, you've been doing things the same old way. This, you know, that for for years and years and years, and you like it. In fact, like you feel good me. about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, guess what? <laughs> Hi, my name's Jerry Jellison, <laughs> and I'm a resistor. I mean, uh, listen, it only took me ten years to Hi, admit Jerry. that. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, so we all we all resist change. So let's let's go back to your to your graph though. So, are you envisioning that as sort of flat, like the however it is is sort of flat, yeah, or is it just, actually in a downward? No, it's well it. I, it, could, it could be either one. I'm I'm saying just more or less. It's it's we're just doing things. So we're looking at performance. We're doing things the same way we always have. Always we're pretty have. we're pretty good at it, and so we stay we stay there. I, I just want to go off on a little tangent though, and that is to highlight this thing of net performance. Because when you think about what happens to people when they learn and when they change, uh, 
there's a curve, and it's the learning, learning curve that's usually in, in there. And I don't know whether you've ever asked yourself, why is it that that curve is flat, flat, flat? I mean, it's like one degree, two degree of, of increase, but it's really flat for a very long time, and then it takes off. Have you ever asked yourself, why is it stuck? Well, I, I did, and the answer is because what they're measuring are number of successes. Okay? They're not measuring what's happening when it's flat, flat, flat. They're just saying you're not succeeding. Yeah, well, there's another word for not succeeding, and it is failure. failure. And so with net performance, I'm measuring both success and failures. But yeah, now to get back to the shape of the curve, it's it's called the J curve, and it starts with that little. Just put a little. Let's. Uh, I'm go sorry. Ahead. I just want to go a little bit slower. So because you're a brilliant guy, and this I'm not. We're gonna. So I love the point that you said because we measure that, right? We measure improvement. We don't measure improvement and failure, and that's and so what you're saying is that's why it's sort of over here because we're not measuring the net performance. We're just looking for results. Yeah, and kind of a fantasy, right? Like, because most of us have the fantasy, oh, we're going along here, and then we're going to implement the change, and everything will be beautiful, right? Hockey stick, serve. Yeah. <laughs> nice. So, okay. And you're suggesting that's not true? <laughs> <laughs> I live in Wonderland also. <laughs> yes. So, I'm sorry. So, now go. And, and what the other thing that's interesting about it, Christopher, is... Well, we, on the outside, we're focusing on the successes. Guess what the person going through it is focusing on? The failures. They hate this stuff. I mean, look, I'm, I look terrible. I'm, I can't do this. I'm never going to learn how to do it. I mean, that's what's going through their minds. Mm -hmm. Right, new, so, new stuff. Right, the change. Once the change is attempted to be implemented, which, and does change always come from, uh, the implementation we're talking about always comes from somebody perceived to be over- the person who's actually got to do it, right? This is always dictated from on high. Well, it's a question I want to ask you, and that is what do, what are coaches doing? Are they trying to influence people? Because that's, that's what I'm talking about is in, yeah, this is about, I mean, I actually pose the question this way to business people. And to what extent does your success in business depend on your capacity to influence other people? What do you think the most common well, answer I, I, is? I think the yeah, who yes. the book. I think everybody is always trying to influence people, but they don't even they don't actually realize it. They mm. don't realize. And is it big? Okay, got I got it. We'll just go with another point. Yeah, yeah. And is it that they are unaware of their influencing people, or that they are aware but they don't want to admit that they're influencing people? I think that they're unaware. I think most people are unaware most of the time, mm. and that they don't realize that everything. I remember probably around when I met you, it came up like you're selling something all the time. Like I learned that in, in conversations of working with you and being trained by you and, and accomplishment coaching that you're always selling something. You might not realize what you're selling or what. And I think the influence is the same. You're influencing people all the time unconsciously. You might even be influencing them in a way you don't want to be influencing them. To your, to your point about coaching, I think that most often the, the place that coaching enters a change management concept or, or mm -hmm. process is we work with the, and, and correct me if you've got a better idea, but the, uh, it seems like what we're dealing with is the resistance on a one-to-one -one level, right? Oh, my stupid you know boss, director, whatever, is implementing this thing. And so we're working to have the person align with the changes or to deal with what you what you're calling the failures or perceived failures, right? Mm -hmm. Their their constant struggle in it. We're attempting to mostly make that easier and see where they do align with the overall intention of the change or the organization or something, or giving them a a viable option, you know, sort of like if this mm -hmm. isn't it, where would you like to be, kind of thing. Do you see it differently? No, I and I, I see it as an and the yeah. internal resistance. A lot of I get a lot of clients that aren't showing up going they're the problem or they're the problem. They're actually like, they, they're conscious to go, I'm the problem. And they get frustrated because they know they want to change. We have practices to have them change. And yet they're not changing maybe as fast as they would like. Or they are, but they're not seeing the results that they're expecting to see from the changes as fast as they like. Right. So we're, so we're talking slightly differently. I'm thinking in the organizational setting. Yeah. And you're thinking with the personal, I want to go to the gym or I want to write my book. Yeah. yeah. But, it, but it does come up. I, I really agree with you. And that's why when you said it, it's mostly coming down from above, 
a lot of it can be coming from within as well, that there are people who they, they want to make the change that's shown up on my annual revaluation the last seven years. I finally got through to me, but it's hard, it's hard to do. Then there are others that are like in the business world where things are imposed. There's a new policy, new expectations of you, uh, things you have to comply with. So, so there, the pressure can come from a lot of, lot of different sources. I was thinking while you were, when you, as you were talking about your specialty is to help create on the ground level, make, like support the changes to happen, right? To help to, people change. To help people change. Yeah. How, do, how do you even start that? Like how do you even get in the door? Because you, it's almost like you have to get people to change, to be open to change. And it seems like in the, it's is like kind of like chicken or the egg. It seems like people are so committed to what they believe, especially in the world we live in now, that even being having them be open to the possibility of change is there's no space. Do you find that or is that just my? It's a little exaggerated, but okay. yes. Yeah, okay. I, I generally agree with you. So how do you, how do you even start that process? Like if, you know, even as coaches, we meet people that, the the idea of change is like they're resistant to even the idea of change. I, I start in an odd place. Okay. <laughs> your approach, your approach, what was implicit in what you, the, some of the language you used was you try to change their thinking because they believe, they believe that this and so forth. And it's based on a very old model. It's actually hugely old. It's Greeks and Romans. Mm -hmm. It is that if you want to get people to change, it starts up here in the head. You have to change their beliefs, and so we give them information. Uh, that that's, it's called informational influence. Because if I can change your thinking about this, Alex, then that'll do what? That'll change how you feel about this. Hey, you know, this thing's better than I thought. I kind of like this thing. Yeah. Okay, so you, and I, just, I give you, I give you the, you provide it with the information, lots of different forms. This is called communication, education, uh, talking to people, reasoning with people, all that stuff. It's just you're giving information to them, asking questions of them to elicit it from them. You want to do all that's big category. Um, and then the notion is if you can change my attitude, then that'll change my feet, what I do. Mm -hmm. So my answer to your question finally is I'd start by helping you take small actions. I wouldn't try to convince you. Because if I try to convince you, how are you going to react? Just the way Ethel Brown did. No, I'm not that kind of person. In fact, when you give me that, I realize you're that way, Alex. Uh, I can see it. This really works for you and so forth. I was just wondering, Alex, what if we tried this in this one little situation with this next, with this next customer, the next time you have a, a staff meeting? That's where I go. And so I do. there are two things in there. One is to, to focus very, very narrowly on in one situation, so like that. Okay, so it's at the, it's at the staff meeting, and you're, you're going to lead off the staff meeting. You're going to say something there at the beginning. What are you going to say? You know, and after we work on what you're going to say there, then it would be, or say these, say these things. I'm looking forward to your, your participation in this. I really need your help. That's, that's going to be that little behavior. So I want to get you to take... But I think of it as going over this cliff of starting to do things in a way that you're afraid of. You have doubts about it and you're afraid of. I want to. I liked you picking up on the word easy. That's my, the word for me too is I make it easy for you to take those first few steps. Because if I can get you to take two or three steps, Alex, what's going to happen to you? Okay, these are easy, small steps. Nobody fails these. You're going you're yeah, to have yeah, success. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna give, you're going to give me some confidence. You're going to... I'm going to be excited. I might be excited about possibility. Yep. I might see something. That's it. Yeah. And, it, and that's, that's the approach I take. It is a, it's a bottom up approach, action first. That then, as you said, you have, you have these, you actually have these uh, experiences. You realize this is not as scary as I thought it was going to be. I'm better at it than I thought I, I would be. And I could get better. But the most thing is you discover, Hey, this can actually benefit me. I'm going to use this at Thanksgiving. <laughs> like this. How so? Well, I mean, it's, it's, I love that. I mean, it's, there's nothing almost, you just flipped it upside down, like in a way. Um, but I'm thinking about like when I, I'm joking when I say I'll use it at Thanksgiving, but I'm thinking about like conversations I have with my mom where things aren't going the way she wants them to go. And I'm trying to support her 
to get the result that she wants. And that's not going well, right? By yeah, convincing it's, it's, her. Yeah, by right. convincing her, by... Uh, my mom's a marriage and family therapist. And, and, oh, oh. and we have... It's, it's great because she supports me from that lens and I get to bring the coaching mm. lens to her. And it's actually a mutual support from different angles. But to your point, it doesn't, it doesn't work or it works really slowly to support, to get the result or the change she wants. And she's asking for it, right? So I'm thinking, well, now instead of having the conversation, it's just like, here, give a baby step action. Mom, try this and see. A little different tone of voice. Well, I mean, little gentle, yeah. little gentle. Yeah. Yeah. Well, while I'm hug- we, while I'm hugging her, why don't we just why don't we just try this one little thing? <laughs> here, I'll stay here yeah. with you. We'll do it together. You want to come to Thanksgiving? We'll <laughs> <laughs> Where it's up in LA. <laughs> That's awesome. So That's the beautiful. so the number one thing uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to translate this into coach language because one of the one of the coaching tenants is that we bring the awareness and then the action, right? So what I'm hearing is turning that a, a bit on end, and I'm not certain how we, you know, it's one thing when it's your mom and you're using the correct tone of voice, right? But when it's a client, so you've got a lot of experience in talking to people like this, starting with Ethel Brown. What's the, what's the approach to have somebody take the action without having them sort of speak convinced or in the right frame of mind or feeling? Well, it, it can either go with, it's easier if they want to change. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, then, and then you can get degrees of that of, well, would you be willing just even to try to, try to do it? We'll do it small scale. Uh, so I'm not, and let, let me just preface this with one other thing. I will try to persuade you. I'll give you that information two times. I'll go through it two times. I mean, after that, I'll keep talking about it, but I'm not serious. <laughs> uh, I, I've switched to plan B, and this is plan B is behavior. It's action. Um, and so I, all I want to do is suggest, and there, there are really two questions, or think goals here first to get them to change. One is to get them to focus on some specific situation. So it's, it's over... Uh, you know, it's over Thanksgiving dinner and you know that your sister is going to be there and she's going to say this and you're going to react this way and so forth. Okay, so it's we get that very specific situation. It's just a funnel. That's all it is, funnel of change. We want to take the big objective up here is to make them get along better with one another. For me, it's a big 40,000-foot altitude word. Uh, find a start up there. Bring it down a little bit. You can pick out two or three situations and then focus on everything. It's all about focus, Alex. This is the key. It's focus, focus, focus. So we're going to focus. We're going to get it down to, you know, in what situation. And then, you know, you can either propose what they do or what could you take. If you were really getting along with your, your sister, what might you say when she says, when she criticizes your draperies or whatever it is, or criticizes mother? Um, and, you know, what, what else could you say? And so you can still use the questions to bring it up from them, and I definitely want to bring it up from them, because in a lot of situations, it's not just they you, you produce involvement and, and, and buy-in, that's but that's only 20% of the benefit. The real benefit of asking is they come up with better ideas than I'd ever come up with. That's what I want. I want them, I want them to come up with those good ideas. Um, so it's all that, it's all very, very reductionistic. Okay, so let's stop for a minute and figure out everything we've already learned, because there's a lot, right? <laughs> so for me, the uh, this whole net performance thing is brilliant. I also want to highlight the expectations about change. What do you call it, the hockey stick? Mm-hmm. What's the what's the actual expectation that people should have when they go to change something, or how do you influence your clients or your people's expectations about like, well, everything's going to be great now? Do you know what I mean? What's the what's the right expectation for people to have that that they can take this next little step? That's all I care about. Great. So. We're going to take away the everything's going to change overnight. You're going to lose 10 pounds, write your book, and everything. That's right. We're going to... And see, that's how we usually try to persuade people. We, I mean, I, I make it a joke of, you know, you know, pick out somebody that's leader and say, okay, leader, what's it going to be like up there on top of the mountain? And they all know it's going to be, you know, yeah. it's going to be wonderful. It's going to be, uh, you know, 
nirvana up there, et cetera, et cetera. And we just keep trying to tell it over and over again. And then we give examples of other people. And they're sitting there thinking, no, I'm not like that. We're different. Um, so, yeah, my expect. I'm telling you, I live in a very small, it's a small world after all. Yeah, that's where I live. This this all reminds me of uh, Richard Dreyfuss and Bill Murray. I don't right. remember what that movie is called, but Bill Murray is um, I know the movie. obsessive yeah. compulsive. And Richard Dreyfuss. What is about this, Bob? Yes. That, yeah, yes. that's it. And, and his, the Richard Dreyfuss' book is Baby Steps. Right. And it's all action and it's all very simple. That's it. And it's they kinda, stole your stuff. I'll tell you something else it reminds you of. You don't know it yet, but it does. The free sample. Oh, nice. You're in Costco. It's one of those long days. You haven't had anything to eat. And you walk around the corner, and there she is saying, hey, have you tried our new tofu sausage? And you're thinking, what? Sound good to you? Tofu sausage? I mean, I, 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 would, I would eat it, but I know what you mean. Yeah. yeah. You're, okay. Yeah. So, so it's steak. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever's abhorrent to you. <laughs> uh, but that's, it's, yeah, it's the going. free sample. Yeah. It's, this, is a, this is actually, I think, the world's oldest sales technique. It is to get people to try the thing. And that's what I'm doing. Same Which, thing. And they're, by the way, today, you know what this is called? Freemiums. This is how you, they sell sell apps and how you sell e, e, yeah, e games. How we sell coaching? Do it for free. No, uh, yeah, yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah. I really, I think it's a phenomenal marketing tool. Tired of presentations with no impact, no inspiration, and no traction? Do dull speakers have you and your team disengaged and distracted by smartphones? Christopher McCullough brings energy, insights, and two decades of experience delivered with punch, humor, and heart. Your team will leave energized, uplifted, and with a sense of purpose. Visit ChristopherMcCullough.com to bring some heat to your next speaking engagement. M-C-A-U-L-I-F-F-E. ChristopherMcCullough.com. Are you seeking to change your career to something that is both fulfilling and challenging? Do you want to help people reach their full potential and strive to achieve their dreams? Would you like to inspire those around you and help create a better world? If you're serious about a career change or just want to explore the craft of personal coaching, contact Accomplishment Coaching with locations across the country in Washington, D.C., Seattle, Chicago, New York City, and San Diego. Accomplishment Coaching is the leading institution in personal coaching. Our staff carefully monitors the entire program live during the training process and have met the strict standards of ICF International to achieve accreditation. Through a focus on quality instruction rather than endless modules of training, Accomplishment Coaching will guide you from your very first step all the way to becoming one of the finest coaches in the world. Visit AccomplishmentCoaching.com to learn more. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. Christopher McAuliffe is your source for the latest in the world of personal coaching. Whether it be speaking with such luminaries as Deepak Chopra or getting the newest techniques and innovation, The Coaching Show is always on the cutting edge of what's happening now. The Coaching Show is brought to you by Accomplishment Coaching, home of the world's finest coach training program. Here is Christopher McAuliffe, Master Certified Coach. So, and then the thing that I that I heard was, sorry, I'm trying to track I'm everything. glad you're doing this. That, See, really? I got my pen. Um, the, uh, and then we look at the common thing is to go after, as you said, the informational uh, approach or trying to convince people to change. And then they're with the notion. I love your I love how you laid it out. We start with if we think differently, then we'll feel differently. And if we feel differently, we'll act differently as the mythology. Yeah. Right. And you say you give that a couple of shots, but once after the second time it doesn't work, you might still talk about it, but you're not there anymore. Now we're in plan B, which is let's go after the action. And in particular, small, defined, clear actions we can take in a predictable scenario or situation. Yes. And in that way, it's the, the sort of person is experiencing that we're in the freemium area, right? Where they're getting a free sample of the new behavior and what's possible there. Which, uh, to your point, I think, brings the possibility with it in a way that understanding will just bring up more resistance, right? Oh, no, we did that in 1974. It didn't work. Oh, yeah. You know, the last person that came in tried to do this, too. Or the last time I tried a diet, you know, it was fine until I passed the Ben and Jerry's. Um, so am I picking up what you're laying down, first of all? Yeah, I'm still at the Ben and Jerry's. Because, yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking of hot right fudge Sunday. This, yeah. I was thinking, I was, I was talking with a, a driver the other day who, who said, you know, and we were agreeing that the universal treat is ice cream, you know, or, or a non-dairy uh, ice cream, because almost everything can be resolved by that. 
Uh, we should talk about your book. The book is, uh, you've got several books, but the book that uh, you brought with you, I think, today is The Managing uh, dy- the Dynamics of Change. Yes. Right. And you're very generous. You want to give this to one of our listeners or viewers. Yeah? Absolutely. All right. Uh, think of a number between 1 and uh, 12. Damn, I was going to go with 15. Mm, sorry. Uh, um, 7. I, w- I should have taken out 7. I'm kidding. <laughs> Another thing. Okay. Uh, where do you want to go now? Do you want to talk more about how this would work with clients, or do you want to hear more of the... Um, the dealing with the resistance, overcoming resistance. You're asking me. Um, I mean, you, can I give you one other yeah. thing there? And you, you keep yeah, thinking. No, no, no. Uh, you can really, you can really do this where where they'll be. They'll want to make the change. They'll be willing to do. They'll be willing to do that. Uh, so it's it's soft language and some things like that. But it's also it's a, you define the the chain the step they're going to take is so small so easy to do, and um, yeah so I, you're not imposing it on it, it doesn't come across as op, uh, opposition. You opened up something for me that may be not good video or audio at all. But um, so this morning, I was underinformed in terms of my schedule and what was happening today. So I got surprised and really, really angry because I feel embarrassed and humiliated and betrayed and all those things, right, when you don't know what's going on and then some everybody else does. So my automatic is off with their heads, right? Everybody involved in that has to go. We're going to get the good people who can do the right thing. Clear? And all along, I know that's my tendency and that's not a great management tool, <laughs> although popular, but not great. And... Um, and what I've been thinking is, what can I do to have this go the way I want it to go, right? Do I need to fire everybody and start over? Do I need to look over here and create additional support structures on, on my side to double-check other people to see if they may have sent something that I didn't get? Or Do you know what I mean? And then as we talk, I'm thinking, oh, the smallest, most reasonable thing, huh? That could be like one just changing the time of a meeting or something where it's the night before so we can talk about the next day or maybe even just requiring a check-in that everybody responds to the night before something like that is this an area where we can actually apply this like the smallest thing doesn't have to be a big organizational change doesn't have to be losing the 40 pounds but it could be just a resolution to an issue that seems stuck Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely and the other thing I like, you gave two examples of what, what were the two things we could possibly do? Off with their heads or... No, no, no. <laughs> yes, that one. Uh, no, but the, we're going to have a meeting tonight. Oh, those two. Yeah, or, so... Or, or a check-in. Right. Some yeah, sort what of was a, the first one? It was like a check-in, like some sort of Change email the time of the meeting. Or, okay, you know. okay. I liked it because the other thing that's critical here is learning how to talk down at what I call ground level. It's really down at the level of behavior. And you, you gave two examples, and I can't remember them, but the first one was, was very much ground level. But the second one we came in, and they were going to do some indicate that they'd, they'd read it. Right, or they'd check it, it. everybody so, check in, yeah. Yeah, and that to me is starting to get a little bit off the ground. Oh. I'd say, what could they, and I'd just say, this sounds like a great idea. I literally like this. I'm excited about it. How, how could they go about checking in? What could they do? That would... Gotcha. So respond to an email by 6 yeah, p.m. That's or it. Yeah, right. That's right. This one I say, it's really baby steps. We're way, way down there. Yeah. It's small steps. Clear and articulated. Anything you're dealing with that you want to bring to this, or should we move on? <laughs> I love that you brought uh, the the actual, like the thing that <laughs> was in your real space. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think that we... We make change about really big things often, like to the off with their heads, instead of like if we look, if I look at my relationship or any relationship, it's we get tied up in the big thing. Oh, we don't agree about where we're going to live. But really, the thing that we might not do well is have a conversation about what do we want? Like it's actually a, a much smaller thing that how do we have conversations, which is a a much easier thing that we can practice. We can create a very baby step level action. Like 
every day we're going to talk for 15 minutes about stuff that's going on. Like something, you know, and, and every day the, we trade off who gets to bring the topic. Something very, instead of it being this ginormous where we're going to live conversation that just <laughs> we all get taken out or, you know, whatever. Right? We all have these. So that, that's what I'm getting is like we can not only can we break down the actions, but we can break down the, the bigger conversations to little bite sized pieces. Yep. Is there um is there something that you bring to people when they're dealing with very specific relationships? I mean, I love your example of of one-on-one relationships cuz I think that I can relate to change and small behavioral steps in new initiatives and things in my life, but when you bring up like a marriage, right? Um I know you to be a, a happily married man and uh I'm wondering if there are things that you've seen either work in your marriage or in personal situations that you've taken from your uh, resistance and change work. Yeah, absolutely. And I think Alex, you know, described it very, very well. It is we have to get we have to get out of the out of the we get into a holding pattern up, up there. And by the way, we think we're talking about behavior, but we're not. You know, I need you to support me, Alex. I need your support. I just don't feel it. You know, there's a lack of respect here. This is very familiar for you. <laughs> Big, high-level words. And there, again, there's nothing wrong with starting up there. And the, the first skill is learning how to hear, hear language, whether it comes out of your mouth or somebody else's, and, and just to say it's up at the 40,000-foot level, the 30,000-foot level, this, that's global generalities. Then it's psychological language. You know, you're not really motivated. You don't really care about me. You're too angry. Uh, find words to start, but then you need to bring it down. And so, then, so they need to learn how to do that, and to, to, rank, to rank their position, and then, and then I show you how to bring them down to ground level. They're all, they're all behavioral tools that you learn. And they're all about, by the way, the other place this comes up is in learning. You know, that this is what you do with learning. You, you, I'm sure in your training that you, they do have experiences and reflect on the experiences and what are you going to do again? And That's a great idea. No, I'm kidding. Which <laughs> is this, because you have three books, is what we're talking about right now in, in one of them? Managing the dynamics of okay. change. The overcoming resistance is really for tough, tough cases. Okay. I used to be called the the, uh, the coach of last resistance <laughs> because these are people that were going to be fired. That seems like a yeah. I think we all had those jobs in the early <laughs> days, right? It's like here's, on the, here's I, Betty. <laughs> see what you no, can do. No, mine was not mine was uh, here's Chuck. Nice. <laughs> it was usually an ex marine. <laughs> <laughs> the irresistible force meets the unmovable object. We uh, I, they. Uh, I shared. I think I shared when I came in. I was at an event last night, and the there was a uh, they had tacos. A general, yes, they had tacos. But there was a gentleman at the event who um, was talking to me and sharing with with someone else there about his coaching with me. And he was like, "You know what I loved about this?" And he shared some things. And he goes, "Therapy didn't work for me. They kicked me out three times." <laughs> and I went, "When we're, and me and another person like, what do you mean?" He goes, three different therapists said." can't work with me. And I was like, the disagreeable thing. And he was like, and he, it was really cool because he could see his unwillingness to not be disagreeable. But he couldn't see it when he was back in the therapy, right? He just kept doing the thing now outside. And so I'm thinking about this conversation and it's like, well, the idea that the gradient of therapy is too big. The, that whole conversation nice. with him and his wife. The altitude. Yeah, it's, nice. too, it's too big, and it could just get a lot. I don't There's a really simple action in there. I don't know what it is. There, you know? there are thousands yeah. of simple actions in there. Thousands. Yeah. It's fun. It's amazing. <laughs> no, you discover, yeah. oh, my God, it's this, it's this, it's all these things. What's, uh, we, should, we should do something. Uh, <laughs> about that, but I want to I want to get back to the curve. So you've got a model that's not the hockey stick, right? That's a different thing. What should people be expecting when they try to take on change, even using these these very simple daily or or regular baby steps that are at ground level? Should we expect that we can do these and you know we'll ascend to the heavens? I'm. Uh, it turns out I'm I'm pretty optimistic about that. Yeah, I think it can change. 
well, I think we can all change. Well, I'm trying to get to something I've heard you say before about the the J curve, like the letter, the, like the, the it's an aer aerial in terms of fonts. It's right. aerial font. It's just <laughs> very clean. It just goes right, but down. It, but it goes down first. That's the and and to everyone who's intending to change something either personally or professionally or in an organization or in an industry i think needs to be aware of that right because we all are so optimistic oh if we just did this one thing everything would go here so i think that to change people's mindset and i know i'm in the old paradigm here where we not need to address their information but just that could change so much i'm reminded that um i think i've shared this with you that when i started with a coach specifically for my well-being uh, his first line out of the gate was, let's be clear, you are going to fail at this. And mm -hmm. so he made it our, <laughs> our entire engagement about resilience or bouncing back mm. versus success. So it would That's never nice. be really about nice. success, right? It's it it feels resonant. That really is. Too. Yeah, I've never heard that before. It's really nice. All right. Well, feel free to steal it. I'll tell you who he is later. No. <laughs> so uh, anything that, where you can see that you've expected or you want to change the subject? No, no. I mean, I, I love that what you just put in because everywhere I expect right off the bat that I'm going to be successful. Perfect, and right. that's the I mean, I, if I look at a pattern of my life, it's always that I'm actually really good at things when I start them. And then I go, oh, I'm good at this. I don't need to practice. Right. And then everyone else catches up. And then I'm like, wait, I'm not so good anymore because everyone got better. And then I go, you know, I'm done with this. I quit. And I mean, until I actually found until coaching was Coaching was probably the first thing that I actually didn't do that with, that I just kind of kept practicing. And you've shared about yoga, too. Yeah, well, you know, the thing about yoga, though, that I think is almost like what you're describing with your thing is there is nowhere to get in yoga. Yeah. You don't get there and say there is no, like, you're going to be good at yoga when you get here. Do you get a black belt in it? There's no levels. You just, there are things like, yeah, you could do handstands maybe, but... That, that doesn't necessarily mean you're good at yoga. You can do a handstand. Um, there are the places to practice with – what I think yoga tests you on is some days you can do something and the next day you can't mm. do the same thing. Um, and, I, and I would say that's probably similar to aspects of life. Too. It sure is. And, and that's, a, that's a really nice thing when, <clears throat> excuse me, to talk about because when that J drops down to, to the small arm – that's what I call it, going over the emotional cliff. Because oh. this is an emo. This is the other thing to realize: resistance is emotion based. It's not cognitive based. Mm -hmm. People know they should change. They they know, they they know that you know they're, they're giving you arguments, but they know it. But then when you come down into stage three, where things bottom out, and and they don't all bottom out. Some of them just keep on going down. But if it is going to be a change for the better, they'll they'll kind of it'll bottom out. And that's actually the can be the very, very most difficult part because of just of what you said. <clears throat> you have a good week and you're thinking, what? I turned this corner, buckle your seatbelts, here <laughs> we go, gang. And you come in the next week and it falls apart. Yeah. And so the whereas we'd always think of time going forward, I think of time much more as a pendulum. You know, it's a it's you, you go up and then boom, you get you get knocked back again. Uh, so it's a challenge. The other, the other thing I would emphasize for you is not just learning to speak down at, down at ground level, but it is people need, I call it front-loading benefits. When you think about change, when do you get the big benefits of change? The answer is top of the mountain. When you get up there, that, right, that's Right, when everything's implemented and different, yeah. And when you, when you adopt this approach... No, what you need are rewards up. I mean, this is just basic uh, learning theory. You need to you need to front load benefits, and so it is yeah. to give people a lot of praise. And it's one of the things that makes self change difficult. But if you're a coach, my God, this is a wonderland for you. You can just give, give, give. And that's another thing. I, I have a set of ideas about how to create impactful praise. So, but it's all about ground level things that you can say and do that'll that'll help the person you know give yeah. the per person that reinforcement right up front to keep them going through that that tough time this is a great you know you probably don't remember because you've been coaching for so long yeah but yeah <laughs> um but i when when i meet people now that tell me they want to be coaches or they're just starting out one of the things i share with them which i don't 
think maybe it was shared with me, maybe it wasn't. I I don't I don't know. I don't remember. Was that the those highs and lows that I would get four clients in a week, right? I had four t- clients total, and then I'd get four, and I just doubled my practice in a week, and I'm like. I'm on my way. This is going to happen. And it's, you know, it's year one. I'm barely making money. I'm like, I'm doubting myself at every moment. And then a moment like this happens and I go, oh my God, it's going to happen. I get all high. And then two weeks later, two of them don't pay. One doesn't show up. And all of a sudden, (laughs) and then two that I had before quit. And now, now, you know, it's like the swing of that pendulum went the other way so quickly. And now I'm on the phone with my parents going, I don't know if I can do this. Can I, I move suck. Back in? <laughs> yeah. No, and and I mean, when I look at mine, I share this with people all the time. I'm really lucky. I had so many amazing support structures that wouldn't like let me buy into those stories, wouldn't let me buy into the doubt, that wouldn't let me quit. Even my parents were just kind of like just keep going. Um but that that what you describe I think in I bet it's probably relative in starting any business. I bet it's not specific to coaching. You know, I, I don't know because I don't I haven't started lots of businesses. But that little piece right there, you know, if you knew that starting out could make a world of difference. Now, five years in, it still happens a little bit. It's not as dramatic. I don't worry about like half my practice walking out the door. And I do know that if three of them today said, "Hey, we're done." I could that the the emotional part is gonna get all riled up, and the that the um, I guess the cognitive part is or the the my my I don't know if it's cognitive can say wait a minute we've been here before what's the next little step to actually just get us back get hired again get another client keep us moving forward what uh, was there anything that you want. No, no, no. I'm just, I'm just really relating it for like, I think, you know, when we talk about like this coaches that listen to this show, like that for me, that's, you know, if, if they're, if you're listening and you're going and you're feeling that it's normal and this, you just described it in a different, in a totally another way to see it. And just to add on on to that, to me, the answer is not to give yourself a lecture and I've got to do this and that and be motivated and so forth. It's no, what am I not doing? (laughs) I'm not going out and networking. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that. And so, see, it's all about action to me. It's yeah. all about action and make it easy for yourself. And simple and clear ground level action I'm getting. Um, our time has flown by. I'm uh, loving this conversation, but I want to get to one more thing, if you're willing, which is motivation. I feel like um, you have an interesting view of things like the power of positive thinking and, you know, posit- and yet a clear view of the value of impactful praise. Right? Would you would you speak to that uh, for a bit? Help me help me a little bit. Sure. So started on motivation. Right. So motivation to me, motivation. A lot of it is you know, uh, come on, everybody, we're gonna do you know like right. um, I see the typical motivational speaker, which to me brings with it like you know, hey everybody, positive thing. This is gonna go great, but it's alongside the hockey stick, right? Everything's gonna be great. Let's just keep going. Well, I uh, I love those stories. Uh, I love to read read them about people who transform and so forth. But my emphasis is on action, and it's it's that thing of you know it starts up here. It's how you think, change how you feel, your motivation, and so forth. We just flip flip it around, and it's action first. Take action first. That's where motivation comes from. It's because when people get out to stage four. And they're, they're climbing up that mountainside, and they can see they're going to make it. It's right up there. Jeez, but another 20 minutes, we're going to be at the top of the peak. That That's when they get motivated. There was a, there was a I, I also like, you asked me about sports. I like like professional basketball at the very end of the tournaments. Los, An, Los Angeles fan. <laughs> and at the very end of the tournament. <laughs> yeah. But it was Michael Jordan. He, he was like, I don't know what, he'd been in the league a year or two. And he was averaging almost 30 points a game. <clears throat> semi-final game in, in that series. And he had, through three quarters, he had something like nine points. And there, you know what the announcers are saying. Oh, he's cold tonight. He's in, he's, he's in a, you know, he's in a, uh, a blow. Yes, blow, yeah. Fourth quarter comes, and guess what? He starts, he just scored, like, you know, he got up there to 30 again. And in the, in the locker room afterwards, the, the uh, L.A. Times sports interviewer said, Michael, what'd you do out there? And he said, I couldn't hit anything from outside, so I 
drove to the bucket two or three times, and he said it. Got my confidence back, went outside, and started dropping them. I mean, that guy was so good at that level of competition. He knew what to do. What to do is action, success, success, success. That's, what, that's where self-confidence comes from. It doesn't come from somebody giving you a gold star in the head. It comes from your own history of success. Build that for yourself. Beautiful. I feel really proud right now. I recently shared, I have a client who's a coach and they're really struggling to get hired at the rate that they want to get hired for a, over a year. And we've been doing all the work on the mindset and the, and all these practices and nothing's changing and nothing's changing. And I'm feeling badly for this person and they're getting frustrated. And f I don't know where, I, and I probably said it more than, but there was this thing where it was like, Hey, just go get a yes. I don't, not for a dollar, but like, like drop the rate, go get a yes, go get another yes, raise it a little bit, get another yes. Mm -hmm. And within like two or three weeks, they got hired like four times, wow. each one a little bit more than the next. But now they're like, I'm a coach. I can do this. <laughs> and right. I'm not thinking like that. It's, you know, in basketball, you go do layups, get close to the basket, get your confidence up, but it's the same thing. You know, Beautiful. Um, I want to go back and pick up something because I said the first half of something and not the second half, which was ridiculous. But uh, so <laughs> why I asked you to choose the number seven is the seventh person to email producer at the coaching show.com or producer at the coaching show.com. We'll get a copy of uh, Jerry's book, Managing the Dynamics of Change. Jerry, um, our, like I said, our time's flown by. Uh, is there a parting thought or a parting shot, something you'd like to leave a few thousand coaches with today? Well, I'll just go with what I just did, that it comes from doing. It all starts with doing. It's really, it's really a brilliant uh, thing. I want to encourage people to delve into more. Uh, your website is uh, Jay Jellison, the best one. What's the best website? I think it's Jerry Jellison now. I've, I've got them all here. This Hold is on. one of the things that I, I have to work you. on, Alex. So uh, <laughs> www.jjellison.com. So that's the one we have is Jay Jellison, but you also have Jerry Jellison. Yeah, I think that's com. a better one. Jerry Jellison, J-E-R-R-Y-J-E-L-L-I-S-O-N.com. Uh, Gosh, it's extraordinary to be with you, and I could literally talk to you all day. Thank you so much for the work that you're doing. It's wonderful to see you. Uh, the Dream Mason, The Dream Mason Podcast, and the book, Fictional Authenticity. I'm going to start sending emails. I need to be the seventh one. <laughs> I'm taking action. I learned. We'll, we'll get you a book. I thank you, and I thank you, and I thank you, dear listeners and observer and video watcher today. And I apologize for this shirt. And uh, thank you for listening to another edition of the Coaching Show each week, bringing you people out on the cutting edge of coaching, people you need to know about or information that's useful right here on Accomplishment Media or wherever fine podcasts are available. I thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. <laughs>